Hello, and welcome back to the Stakist podcast, Making Adjustments, where we take a thoughtful dive into an element of culture or a current event that could benefit from a few healthy adjustments. If you're new here, Stakist is the sexual assault counseling and information service, and we serve survivors of sexual violence, as well as their significant others in the Eastern Illinois area. It is our mission to end sexual violence in society, and we recognize that intersections of identities and different backgrounds and experiences all contribute to a culture of violence and oppression. June is Pride Month, and today is the anniversary of the Stonewall Riots, which were protests by members of the LGBTQ community and largely kicked off the modern Pride movement. Um, so on this episode, I'm joined by another special guest, Sam. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, um, Samantha McCullough, Sam. I am the Senior Director of Operations at the Sexual Assault Counseling and Information Service, but I'm also the president of PFLAG here in Charleston, Illinois. Awesome. Well, can you um, tell us a little bit, I guess, what is PFLAG? PFLAG used to stand for parents and friends of lesbians and gays, but that wasn't inclusive as we've traveled through time. We realized that there are far more people that need to be represented and supported, and it became more than just the parents and friends and Mm -hmm. allies. So it's just PFLAG now, and it is a national organization that our community has a chapter in. So yeah, that's PFLAG. Maybe can you give us more of an in-depth overview of what PFLAG looks like in Charleston in this community. Sure, thank you. PFLAG looks like community meetings three times a month, the first one being in Mattoon, so we can reach different people. We want to make sure we're being inclusive and thinking about the fact that not all people have transportation or have the time to travel. So we have a Mattoon, Illinois meeting. We have a more informal meeting at a coffee shop in Charleston, Illinois, and then we have a more formal meeting in Charleston, Illinois. So it's three times a month, two formal structure, which includes activism, which is a bit more driven by a little mission that we have for each different meeting, whether it be about educating paying members or if it's about trying to look at what events we have coming up and who we can have support those events. Mm -hmm. The coffee shop is about building community and that's new and that's kind of the angle we're starting to turn towards because so many people have resources for activism now and they don't need to have paid resources because this is a membership. That's what PFLAG kind of is because it was just allies and parents and friends. Mm -hmm. So that's something that's starting to take a turn in our area is that we're starting to consider what that does look like and what we want it to be for the future. Yeah, I guess going forward for the future, do you see PFLAG changing? Do you see the culture shifting as far as what you do in the community or what the organization is? We absolutely do. PFLAG National has not changed. It Mm -hmm. has stayed a group of individuals across the United States that do want to be the best allies, friends, and parents that they can. But what's changed in our area, in Charleston, Illinois, and the surrounding counties, is that PFLAG is now mostly made up of people that are from the LGBTQ community. So it's starting to no longer make sense to charge people from the LGBTQ community to be a part of this resource gathering. So we're basically charging them for their own resources and for their support, which it doesn't make sense anymore. Right. So what we're trending towards is community pride. Like, how can we make a group that helps foster that sense of community for pride and allies? Mm -hmm. 
And we're still going to have the same meetings. We're still going to have activism and education, but we want to lean more heavily in just supporting the community fields. Right now we see a lot of different parts of the LGBTQ community being siloed off in their different age groups or different interests. Right. Their perceived categories, if you Mm -hmm. will. They often will stay in their own friends groups. So youth in Charleston, Illinois, and the surrounding areas don't necessarily get to see a vast variety of age ranges Mm -hmm. and different careers. I just had a young person going into college, not college, high school, ask me, what it's like to be an adult and be in the workforce and to be non-binary because they've never seen that before. And that's what I want to work on because I couldn't believe like yeah. they don't have any representation that they know of. How can we work on that? Because that seems to be the want after being shut away in COVID and being siloed off before that. What can we do to fix that? Because that's the most desired thing right now. Yeah. I mean, I guess that that kind of answers my next question, but if you have anything to add, you can. Why do we need um, a support group, an education group, an activism group in Charleston? And like you said, having someone like for younger people to look up to, but also having just a space where everyone can come be together and they are in those specific groups, like you said, I think that that's a, a good starting place. Absolutely. Because understanding is built on getting to know a lot of our isms are formed with people that don't have knowledge of each other or other cultures, yeah, other sexual romantic diversity. Like it's just a lack of understanding. So I think even within the LGBTQ plus community, there is a lack of understanding, especially we see that with um, the issues arising that we've seen with many people that say they're part of the LGBTQ community, but then are anti-trans. Oh, yeah. So we see that happening in various forms. It's not just anti-trans. There's anti-non-binary. There's a lot of anti even within the community. Mm -hmm. So part of combating that is educating. So that's another angle we're taking, too. It's not just educating people that aren't in the LGBTQ community. It's starting to educate within as well and acknowledge the isms within. Right. Yeah. And to answer the other part of your question that we got to a little bit is like why continued support and education, why the meetings. So I think that building that sense of community and exposing people to each other is a building point to create that foundation. But then there are people that are already there that are ready to go that want to know what direction to take. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that can be confusing, especially with all the different angles media can take. It's nice to have a group that wants to sit down and sort through it and figure out what we can do to best support each other in the community. Right. And kind of going off of that, if you have a group of those people who are ready to take the next steps, but they aren't sure where to start individually, Getting in a community group um, and having feedback from others who are mm-hmm. at the same place, I think is going to be really helpful in motivating them to action and to make moves in our community. And then they can also help educate and involve people who, like you said, may not be to that place yet. Absolutely. I guess a pretty important question is why does pride or just LGBTQ plus issues in general matter to this organization and to this community? It matters to SACUS because that community is also our clients, right? That community is people. They're humans that also 
unfortunately experience sexual violence and even higher rates sometimes yeah. than people that are heterosexual or heteronormative. And unfortunately, that's because of um, inequity, oppression, the isms we talked about earlier. Right. They're a part of that. They're a group that faces a lot of inequality. When we're looking at fighting sexual violence, we have to address all forms of oppression. We can't just stop at one thing because it won't eliminate the problem. Right. And if anyone is interested in kind of seeing more um, as to how these isms Sam mentioned play into rape culture, we do have a rape culture pyramid available on our website and on our social media pages that break that down more. But yeah, that's a great place to start. We are a feminist organization. We have feminist values, and those include breaking down all forms of oppression and, and not just rape as in what people think of when they see it on TV. Mm -hmm. Not even just sexual assault and harassment, because all forms of oppression are interconnected, and we have to address everything. Even if our main focus is sexual assault, we can still partner with other organizations like PFLAG in the community to better educate ourselves, to have more policies in place, to um, protect not only our employees, but our clients and our community at large. My next question from there would be, where can people start if they aren't plugged in in the community or if they don't know anything, but they have questions or they want to know more? What's a good starting place for them? Yeah, I think our coffee hour, uh, we go to the Jackson Avenue coffee shop in Charleston, Illinois at 5 p.m. second Thursdays of every month. Mm -hmm. And it's very casual. It's a place where people can meet some of the board members. There's always a couple board members present. And we can ask all the questions, even if you feel like, man, this, I feel silly asking this question, or I'm embarrassed to ask this out loud. Mm. Like we're trying to present other forms of being able to ask. For our next meeting, I plan on bringing index cards so people can write down questions anonymously. So if community members mm. don't want to sit down with a board member or don't want to make their questions more public, they can submit them that way. I'm just going to leave it over in a coming an area where you can sign your name if you want information about PFLAG or information about what we're doing as a community group, or you can submit a private question. And then that's something that we can address on our Facebook. So someone's question is getting answered. That's awesome. And I do want to reiterate that's open to the public, correct? It is. Okay. And we do understand and acknowledge that not everyone feels comfortable coming to a public space, mm -hmm. given all the violence that we've seen as of late and historically, unfortunately. Yeah. It's very understandable, and we can make arrangements to meet in a social, chill environment outside of that. Just need to contact us on Facebook. It's PFLAG Charleston IL mm -hmm. is our handle. Or you can email us at pflagcharlestonil at gmail.com. And we can find other ways to meet with you so you can be connected to the LGBTQ plus community in your area. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll also mention, um, because this is the way of our culture right now, there are so many resources online for education. But I think that a local organization like PFLAG would be great maybe in coordination with online resources because with the vast amounts of information online, there are a lot of things that are incorrect as well. Absolutely. Misinformation um, is right. huge right now. Yep. So that's just something to be wary of if you are doing research online and trying to educate yourself that way. 
It is a great tool and a great resource. We just have to be weary of what we're looking at. On the other hand, what are some things that maybe are not so helpful um, when it comes to either continuing the movement or starting your place in Pride? I think we're looking a lot at what a community actually needs because we don't want to assume a need. Mm -hmm. I think we have a lot of great intentions that you see big conglomerates wanting to do something. We're hoping it's good intentions, right? Right. Not just money-making strategy. Yeah. Even though that might be it. Mm-hmm. But we also see that with other groups. We saw that a lot with the Black Lives Matter movement where there are really good intentions, but when it came down to it, they're not asking these different communities what the actual need is and where they can actually play a role. So that's what I would say is the most important thing and the thing you should avoid the most is assuming the needs of others in a marginalized group. Don't assume to know what they need. Mm -hmm. There was a group in... St. Louis, that they made this beautiful garden, this food garden for people to come in and forage and plant. And But no one asked the people in that area if they wanted a garden, if they had the time to grow it. A lot of people in that area are working multiple jobs or trying to get by, trying to raise their families. Mm-hmm. And gardening is a almost another job on yeah. top of all that. So that didn't help and it took up space and then it just made them upset that all the financial resources went towards building something that didn't meet their need. Right. So don't be those people. Don't yeah. be the person spending all your time and resources because you're going to feel bad about it too. Yeah. Ask what people need and right. then provide unjudgmental resources. Yeah. That's a really good point. And I think historically that has been most of our problem with this issue and so many other issues. Absolutely. And it continues to be a problem. Yeah, I guess that that's a really good point. And it reminds me also that a lot of well-meaning allies who do want to help, sometimes their uh, zeal to help is is so much so that they do forget to ask what people actually need. Um, And they just assume that they know because maybe they know one person or they know one story and that is probably not representative of the community as a whole and what they need. Sometimes those assumptions can actually put people in danger. Yeah. That's why we're hoping to be able to work more closely with school systems as a lot of different suggestions for how history should be taught. I say Mm -hmm. suggestions because it sounds like we're getting more direction from school boards saying that let's make sure we teach LGBTQ history or um, critical race theory. But when you look at the state school boards, they're very good suggestions and schools get to interpret some of that. So that's another initiative is that we are hoping to be more involved locally and we do see promise for that. We'll get to help even do safe zone training, help educate on LGBTQ matters. So needs aren't being assumed for kiddos, needs aren't being assumed socially in the community. Just think of all the people that are employed that might not feel safe in their own workplaces. Yeah. And I guess you mentioned safe zone training, so we can kind of move in that direction um, as to what other resources are available in the area. Um, If you want to talk about safe zone trainings, if I'm thinking correctly, that's something that the GSRD Center at EIU puts on. They do. Um, EIU does have the GSD Center that does safe zone training, but you might be able to identify other people in your communities that have safe zone training certification. Mm -hmm. I receive mine through EIU and I do help them, but that also enables me to be able to do it elsewhere. And you can go online because I believe it's a movement. You can go online and get certified, find their different training options. 
So there's really no reason not to be able to have that in any community Mm -hmm. for workplaces, for schools, for different social settings and social groups. Yeah. And so I guess other than the GSD Center and PFLAG, are there any other resources available in this area? Yes, we have the UP Center in Champaign. There used to be a PFLAG present there, but they dissolved. And that's where we're kind of seeing, just like I mentioned before, where it's becoming more of a community pride Mm -hmm. that's forming out of the ashes of PFLAGs dying. Mm -hmm. And I think that's meeting the need. I think that speaks to what we've talked about this whole time. So the UP Center in Champaign is a great resource and is run by people in the LGBTQ community as well as allies. So we're hoping to get more involved with them. Mm Mm-hmm. So I guess I will end with, um, is there anything else that people should know about PFLAG, about how they can get plugged in other than what you've already mentioned? Look us up on Facebook, send us an email, pflagcharlestonil at gmail.com. Just let us know you're interested in what your need is, because we're also fashioning an email that's going to go out to people in the LGBTQ community to understand what different health care and healthcare related needs that they have in this area because mm-hmm. there is kind of a desert as far as that's concerned where we're looking for mental health providers that are yeah. affirming or looking for primary care physicians that aren't going to dead name or misgender or that right. will support like if someone needs to find resources for testosterone these different medical issues that come up that people don't feel like they have resources for. We want to know what all there is that isn't being treated, that isn't here. And we're going to also send a survey out to healthcare providers, Carl, Sarah Bush, all of them. We want to understand what they have available or what they're willing to give. So we're trying to create a resource for community members that are part of the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Sam. It has been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Making Adjustments. We appreciate you, our listeners, and we hope that at least one thing in this episode got you thinking of how you can learn more or make an adjustment in your own life. If you would like to learn more about SACUS and the services that we offer, you can visit our website at www.sacus.org. Have a great day and a wonderful week.